And we have joining us now uh, Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell and City Administrator Ben Marty to talk about that. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming in. Yes. Uh, You're welcome for the weather. You <laughs> <laughs> arranged that well. It's it like to 50, 50 or something. 50 today, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Next week, 60. Might hit 60. Wow. So it's... <laughs> Amazing, yeah. About. It's time to go for a walk outside. For those of us that are a little bit weak when it comes to cold weather, mm-hmm. now is our opportunity, right? And, you know, here, how's this for a segue? When you're out walking, take advantage of some of the beautiful sights like the Northfield Depot. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, nice but, job. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's what, that's what I do here. Yes. <laughs> okay. um, now, last night you got a presentation about yeah. the uh, depot, and it was kind of the, 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 the big topic of the uh, night uh, because there was some yeah. action taken on the uh, transit yeah. hub as well but let's uh, let's talk about that uh the folks that have done the uh, depot uh and in particular alice thomas who is just yes. a, a force in uh, in seeing that restored did such yeah. a wonderful job what did they find out last night yeah so she really just gave an an update on where they were with uh, their planning and the improvements that they've been doing with the historic depot as it is beautiful they've done such a lovely mm-hmm. job and uh, just really talking about and showcasing the before pictures, like before it was moved to what the area that it sits on now looked like. It was a kind of a holding ground for like semi-trucks, random vehicles. And there was an old shed there too, yes. a big old pole barn type thing. Yeah, so just incredibly underutilized and kind of when you go back uh, towards that, the railroad there between 2nd and 3rd, was just really underutilized and not very pleasing to the eye. Mm-hmm. There clearly were some opportunities to improve it, just even a little bit. But moving the depot there and the vision and the uh, grit that our community volunteers had to see the vision and to move it and carry it through to completion is just amazing and really is a testament to who Northfielders are. Just uh, they've been holding a lot of lectures, poetry readings. Uh, there's been musical per- performances there. It's a lovely place to just sit and watch the sunrise. Uh, it's just a wonderful. They've done a wonderful job with it. They really have, and now uh, it's it's functionality as you'd member uh, as you'd mentioned. Uh, they are doing a lot of events there, but uh, we're going to add a uh, transit hub. Evidently, yes. tell us about the. Uh, there's going to be a, won't be alone there anymore. There's going to be a, another structure there. Yeah, and that was something also that there were historical documents that really envisioned the transit hub in this location, a covered. I I think we call it a pavilion between uh, the historic depot building and what will be the transit hub and the transit hub in its design will really reflect well and add to the value and historic I would say ambiance of that whole area of that block between second and third street and it's just going to be a beautiful addition Mm -hmm. we are finally going out for bids for it we received back in 2020 uh, 1.75 million in bonding dollars to build this transit hub and again this is envisioned a long, long time ago, and uh, the way it's situated there where you can enter on 2nd Street and then exit on 3rd Street really works well for larger buses or uh, other people-moving-type vehicles uh, to serve as our transit hub. So it's just going to be a beautiful addition. Uh, Looking for, I'm looking at the... uh uh, agenda last night. I can't yeah. seem to find. There it is. Uh, yeah. As far as the um, 
you know, the plans and specs and everything go, what's it, uh, can you give us, uh, I guess, an idea, kind of a visual, how big is this going to be? Is it going to be similar size to the current depot? And what were the, what will the functions of this building be? There'll be an immediate use of the building. So basically the, uh, where the existing, uh, uh, depot is, a historic depot, as you head north uh, just outside of the north door, you're going to enter onto a pavilion, so a covered pavilion uh, structure, uh, and then there will be at the end of that pavilion as you continue going further north, there will be a separate building that will have public restrooms and a waiting area in it. So that's the primary function of it is to really serve as kind of a transit hub. I think that will also uh, benefit uh, the events. Uh, as Alice talked about those last night, it was envisioned back in 2010 when the community held some listening sessions about what to do with the depot or what the vision and goals would be. It would be to really make it a, more of a community gathering place. Um, so I think that will enhance the use of the depot and the event special events at that location. But additionally, there's some functional uses to where Hiawatha Land Transit, that is a transfer station site and will become their primary tra uh, transfer station site between our two bus systems that go throughout the city. Northfield Lions plans on using this for a pickup and drop off area for events. So again, having uh, public restrooms and a, you know, and a waiting area where you're sheltered from the environment uh, and the conditions outside. And then longer term is the vision long term for the community is to continue to look at opportunities. Might there someday be a bus commuter to the Twin Cities uh, possibility? We've, we've had a circulator that the colleges have had that have gone to the uh, airport and the Mall of America and some other areas that maybe that could be used for. And we're also exploring, continuing to explore possibilities for reintroducing passenger rail in the future. That's really a long-term vision, and we used to have it here in Northfield. If you go to the mm -hmm. depot, you can probably learn more about that than the historic depot. So those will all be uh, uses that will have um, that the um, transit hub building itself, and that's where the depot group really weighed in on the plans and specs of the history of it. It was planned as a... Um, as a uh, luggage uh, system that was that never came to fruition on the site, uh, but it it kind of was inspired by that. There were some modifications though, including like an internal stairs and elevator that will allow full accessibility for people for everybody to be able to get mm. at ground level to get into the buses, you know, off the elements, but then get up onto the pavilion. So um, I think it's a really g great design, um, and again. The idea is this building is going to be with us for a very long time. So there is a cost to that, um, $2.9 in total dollars that we're estimating right now. We're hoping to see that bids come in good, and we know it's a good bidding environment, so we're hoping to get some good bids on that. But we really see this as the new history we're establishing for the community into the future. Now, putting out bids, I'm presuming that that's going to be a this-year project uh, sometime mm -hmm. this summer. Is it going to be completed uh, this summer? Do you, is it going to be start to finish, or will that uh, draw into next year? Yeah, it's my understanding that it will go into next year. We'll see, hopefully, a ribbon-cutting opening in 2025. It's going to be such a dramatic improvement of that area. I'm just really excited to see it come to fruition. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah, and the, some of the construction, it's a little bit up to our engineer and probably who the bidders is there is some related work with the uh, rail crossing. So we also got some funding for um, quiet zone development. So again, we're, where the city's been incrementally well, projects have been happening, doing enhancements to crossings along the railroads so that once we get a number of these together, we're working with MnDOT 
to be able to have the opportunity where the train whistle that's blown maybe can be blown less often as it comes through town, <laughs> yeah, which can disrupt, yes. disrupt yeah. people's lives. Yes. And so that grant also tied in some quiet zone enhancements with that project as well. So as the mayor mm -hmm. said, the full project completions in 2025, but we'll know more once the bidders and the actual selected develop, uh, develop uh, construction uh, company comes in, we'll have a better idea of the specifics of the different components of the project and when they'll be completed. All right. Uh, once again, Mayor Pownell, City Administrator Marty is, uh, are with us uh, today. Uh, one thing that was on the consent agenda last night that I wanted to bring up just for a little bit of clarification, looks like you got a, uh, a grant for a, uh, from the DNR for a shade tree program. Is this like an Emerald Ashmore type thing or is this, uh, what, uh, what are we talking about here? Yeah, Jeff. So it is for 255000 basically, a DNR grant to help us with, as you said, emerald ash borer. We have about 1,500 ash trees in Norfield and the boulevards. That's a lot. Uh, 663 of those will need to be replaced, uh, and the grant will help remove and recover the cost of that. So there's a long, I think we had even a student intern from the high school that developed for the city of Norfield over the summer, an emerald ash borer plan. One of our stars at the high school uh, developed that, and she did such a fantastic uh, job with it. And so now is the implementation. All cities uh, around our state and, okay, I don't know, actually, if emerald ash borer, how far that goes out. But it was discovered here in Norfield recently, and so we need a plan. And uh, I'm just really appreciative that the DNR has this opportunity available for how to address really the cost of caring for your urban forest. There is a cost. You need to take care of it and you need to do it well. Let's uh, let's move on. So that's good news. We got $250,000. Let's move on to the next thing, though. You talked about, and this is a big project that we're going to be hearing about, I'm sure, and that's uh, the Greenville Elementary School. Uh, you you got a, what the study there there was a study done on biking and pedestrian and how that's going to affect the future. What did you find out uh, in that study? Yeah, so uh, how this study came about on this corridor because we didn't have any immediate plans for uh, reconstruction in that area, which is probably our most typical issue. But when Greenville Elementary School uh, was designed and then opened. Uh, or actually when it opened, not when it was designed. Um, it was really during COVID uh, that we were doing some of the planning for that. I guess the late planning of the school was happening during then, and then it opened during COVID. There were some concerns about some of the traffic designs and impacts related to that, so we put on pause some of our review of that to kind of do a wait and see as part of the plan approval. And then after that, we kind of evaluated, and we did see some significant traffic changes that were happening in there and kind of observing that. So you know, that was one area that was identified for improvements. And then with the Craywood housing development with the apartment complex and the single family home uh, development planned, the neighborhood also raised concerns over the existing traffic conditions and how it might be impacted with the new project because it does have an entrance onto Lincoln Parkway. Um, so the council listened to that information and uh, really directed some very temporary measures to, to go into place. So we relocated some of the um, activated uh, warning on the speed signs that we moved from the Longfellow School over to that site where we had more activity. And then we did put out some bollards to do some testing on some temporary bump outs uh, at uh, Lockwood intersection uh, in particular uh, area. And then we've done some testing of some bike lanes as part of this design project as well, where we did some uh, uh, concepts related to uh, biking infrastructure to come in 
So the council actually initiated a study where they really wanted to say, this is an area where we have two different schools that exist there for early education, lots of families and people going on. There's recreation facilities. We think it's important to do some long-term planning to help inform what it should be long-term uh, to serve the corridor, and then temporarily how that long-term plan, if there's opportunities for incremental improvements. So the council made that investment a couple of years ago. Uh, we've been doing studying. We've been having lots of open houses to look at how do we really get uh, uh, people to be able to, kids, families, be able to walk, bike to school, also to have efficient and safe traffic flow, buses to be able to come in and out. There's a lot going on in that concentrated area. So this was a study to look at that. Um, so we had a bunch of open houses, and um, we had lots of public input, good turnout from the neighborhood, over 600 interactions online from a online interactive tool that we have. So I'm guessing we'll be trying to replicate that on some future projects as well. But really kind of came back with some some recommendations to mm -hmm. the council. And the, yeah. this is not the first time the council saw it, but uh, they, they took some more information, got some more questions last night, uh, and ultimately took some took some action mm -hmm. so i what i'm i guess hearing here is this is not a project that is going to be embarked upon this year uh but uh, some of the planning for the project will be done uh, start is it going to start flowing through now and uh when uh, when do you think this will be uh on the uh on the agenda to uh mm -hmm. to go out for bids yeah so that was something i was really concerned about because uh, our council chamber was full of people uh, that were living every single day, the the confusion of drivers uh, experiencing firsthand uh, pedestrian, bicycling, sort of um, unsafe conditions based on what they were used to. It's a major change for anyone who's living along that corridor or trying to get to and from uh, the school area over there. So uh, I'm grateful that we will have the rapid flashing beacon lights that will be installed at that main crossing near uh, where the Craywood entrance is and uh, where one of the main entrances is to the elementary school. That will be installed this summer. And then the sidewalk uh, from the Craywood property all the way down to Linden Street North will also be going in. And uh, it's going to be a huge improvement. I'm thankful that that's getting started. That will happen in 2024 as part of the Craywood housing development. I really hope uh, that we have to figure something out. Long-term solutions to be able to make tweaks to design that have been clearly uh, shown through pictures on how the setup is and how you get in and get out and the visibility of drivers moving uh, there in the morning and the afternoon, it's clear that there needs to be some updates. Uh, the looks like 2028 will be the first improvements, potentially some small improvements, possibly on the school district property there, but then the rest is phased and will be driven by budget decisions. So. Okay. All right. I uh, um, I drive that area every now and then. Yeah. Usually, uh, it's not during rush hours. School rush hours, and it uh, yeah. There's there's room for improvement. Definitely. No question. Let's move on to our last. There's room for improvement in uh, downtown <laughs> flooding as well. We haven't had that for a couple of years, and you know, kind of out of sight, out of mind, and then all of a sudden, boom. The river starts rising again, and you think yeah. about it. But uh, you uh, that uh, downtown flooding was on the agenda last night. What did you mm -hmm. talk about? 
Yeah, so this has been an area that our property owners that are along that west bank there between, again, uh, 2nd and it's 3rd, I believe, right? Adjacent, yeah, between 3rd Street, 3rd, 4th Street there, Mm -hmm. where they have firsthand lived through experience multiple floodings or almost floodings where the water has risen. And if you're a property owner and you see water coming up to the foundation of your home or your livelihood, your business, you are going to be alarmed. So a lot of them have done uh, the necessary improvements to secure their buildings. But there has been an ask since 2010 for us to really look at what is the public's responsibility. If we know and love this vibrancy of our businesses uh, along our riverfront, then there is a, a responsibility that we have too for our flooding infrastructure or the infrastructure that uh, resides along the river there. And so this was that study to inform us on what the potential solutions could be to help address any future flooding. And um, just really grateful that this is coming forward. It's a proposal to seek some grant funding, and we're hoping that it will address that West Riverbank River wall, inner river wall, as well as some uh, some flood proofing on the Carleton campus there. All right, that has, we've seen that flood. I moved uh, into downtown Northfield uh, in 1988, wow. and that has been uh, an issue the whole time. Yeah, hopefully we can get this uh, addressed. Yeah, and I, I mean it's certainly with the climate change. Minnesota's predicted to see more extreme storm events and yeah. a wetter climate. Mm-hmm. And so, as you said, Jeff, sometimes it's like out of sight, out of mind. We haven't seen it in recent years, but it's going to continue to come back. And so the council's being wise to be proactive and encouraging finding these grants and opportunities to protect private property. Uh, Carleton's looking at cost sharing on any match that there would be on some federal dollars on the program. And we're working with, like as the mayor said, to protect those properties and to encourage more development along that river, too, because it's an asset. But we also need to be a resilient community to be able to kind of protect our community assets, our historic uh, uh, downtown and community. And uh, we've been really ahead of the curve probably on some communities where we're using predictive models beyond what the current standards are on flood management, knowing that uh, the climate's going to be changing. So we're trying to be proactive and then trying to find dollars to help us to move forward to be able to get some of these projects done more cost effectively. All right. We're just about out of time. Any final thoughts? You have the state of the city coming up. Yes. How, uh, what, what is that? It's, uh, so March 19th, 6 okay. p.m. at the Carlton uh, White Center in their Crickham Performance Hall. Uh, it's going to be a really wonderful event having some artistic uh, performances there and it's going to be really fun so just really hope people will get it on their calendar and come help us celebrate some folks and the work that the really the city has been doing over 2023 and what we're looking forward to in 2024 all right get that on the calendar we'll talk to you probably a time or two before then mm-hmm. thank you so much for coming in yeah. all right thanks Jeff. and we'll talk thank to you in a couple of weeks it's northfield mayor Rhonda pownell and city administrator ben martig